Welcome to People's Church radio program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com. We're in this series called Crank Up the Joy. Just want to... uh talk on that theme again today. If you remember the last three Sundays, we started with remember, it's, it's not about you. Uh, never forget how much God loves you and don't fake it. This morning, I want to talk to you about use your pain to help others. You know, research has found that people can that people can endure a great amount of suffering, a great amount of pain if they believe there's a purpose in it. Apostle Paul faced discouragement after discouragement. Those things filled his life. His life was filled with pain. It says in the scripture that he was shipwrecked. shipwrecked. He was flogged. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was imprisoned. He was lost at sea for one and a half days, and the list goes on and on and on. There's so much more that Paul endured. Paul was the greatest missionary of all time, and he proved it. And a person, that a person can endure a great amount of pain if they believe there is a purpose for it. You know, he wrote about this purpose in almost two-thirds of the New Testament, and, uh, you know, 14 books. And Paul lived a very radical, others-centered life. He said this in 2 Corinthians 4.15, all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. That's the purpose. That's why he did it. And he endured a lot of things knowing that there was a purpose in it. I want to go to a character in the Old Testament. His name appears a list of, in a list of about 900 other names. It's in the genealogies in, and in, uh, in this book of First Chronicles. There's like nine chapters of people listed and really, the only name in this list that has any amount of us getting to know much about his life is this one guy. And his name is Jabez. So Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother, and his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I gave birth to him in pain, Now Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would greatly bless me and extend my border, that your hand might be with me, that you would keep me from harm so that it would not hurt me. And God brought about that which he requested. His reputation was honorable. He was distinguished. He had favor. His faith implied that through faith... He, would, he could overcome pain. That name associated with him. His mother had named him pain right out of the womb because he had caused her so much pain. He said his name will be pain. He will cause pain. He will take that name with him all around wherever he goes. 
You know, there's not that much significance in names today. I know people name their children maybe after somebody in their family, or people uh, will name their children, you know, after maybe some famous person. They'll name their children after, uh, you know, there's just some names out there that, come, that, that people have come up with that you kind of wonder, right? And then they'll use Bible names. But this mother of Jabez used a name that said, he will be pain. Now his prayer is well known by many, many people. In, in a book about uh, 15 years, 20 years ago, uh, it, was made, it was made very famous and it was distributed around and many, many Christians bought this book. But you know, it's not, this, this prayer here that we're studying is not really a prayer to just kind of pull from the page and just read it and hope that it works to solve your problems. It's a prayer that has a bunch of principles in it that we want to look at this morning. Uh, you know, in, dis in despite of the difficult start that Jabez had, there was a plan for his life. There was a plan. It was a God-in-control plan. It was a sovereign plan that God had for this man. A purpose. And remember, people can endure a great amount of suffering and pain if they believe there is a purpose. And maybe you've done that. Maybe some of you have done that as a parent. Or you're doing that as a parent, but you know there's a purpose in raising your children, but you know also that it can bring you a lot of pain, and it can bring you a lot of heartache, and it can bring you a lot of hard work. But it's God who is in control. Jabez, this man whose name meant he will cause pain, didn't let that deter him from achieving that which God had in store for him. See, God has a purpose. Your background, your present suffering should never let you stop living for that purpose. And it should help you to use that, use that pain to help others. So Jabez prayed this. Let's go through it here. <clears throat> oh, that you would greatly bless me. And that's the first principle. He asked God to bless him, to give him undeserved favor. That which he could not get himself, he asked God of it. He didn't want an average blessing. He wanted a great blessing. He said, bless me. He could only go to God. He could go nowhere else. He was like they had this thing around his shoulders, which was his name, yet he was honorable amongst all his brothers but he still carried this around. But he went to God and he said, bless me. He went and honored God. He wanted to honor him and help others. He never prayed this prayer for his own gain. And sometimes uh, in Christianity, people pray a lot of prayers for their own gain with the wrong motive. But Jabez prayed this not for that. He prayed this for God to bless him, to God to, for God to use him with honor. And he used his pain actually to help others. And I'm going to show you 
that in a few minutes. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8 to 10. I think you ought to know, brothers, about the hard time we went through in Asia. We were really crushed, overwhelmed, and and feared we'd never live through it. We were felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good. For when we put everything into God's hands, who alone could save us, for he can even raise the dead. See, that's a bless me prayer right in there. He said they, he put everything into their hands and knew that God could help them, knew that God could save them even raise him from the dead. And he did help us, he says, and saved us from the terrible death. Yes, and we expect him to do it again and again. This is what it means to ask blessing from the Lord, that the Lord would go with us. You know, bless me, that little uh, little prayer. I mean, there's only one prayer short, shorter than bless me is help, right? But that bless me, that little prayer is so needed. And it is the ground zero for honoring God and helping others. It's just where it starts. Bless me first, Lord. Paul was writing about the blessing that they had from God in their trouble. You know, we need that blessing prayer because you can't give out of what you don't have. We, we, we face a lot of trouble and sorrow, but we can't give and we, out of what we don't have. We can't give to another person. We can't help anyone else until we get the touch of God on us. But here's the thing. You don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers in these troubled days. But you know who has all the answers? They sang about it. Uh, the one, let's see if I get the lyric right here. The one who goes before, before me, the one who stands behind, the angel, angel armies that are right beside me, that's who has the answers in these days. And we must go to him. He must be our lifeline. We must have a lifeline in the Lord. Now, you all know, uh, I don't know how many of you have been uh, flying lately. Anybody flying lately? I mean, commercially, okay? You know. I know you didn't grow wings, but uh, yeah, commercial flying. You know that at the beginning when you get on a plane and you're sitting there and out comes uh, the, uh, what do you call her? The flight attendant, yeah, the flight attendant. And uh, she goes through this thing talking about the seatbelts on the plane and talking about the entrances that you can get out if something happens, you know. You're really feeling confident, actually, at this time. And then she says this, uh, if something happens, an oxygen mask will suddenly appear. You know, I think maybe some of them say I'll fall down from the ceiling, but saying it suddenly appear, an oxygen mask. Place it firmly over your nose and mouth. Secure the elastic band behind your head and breathe normally. (laughs) I haven't a job with WestJet yet. Uh, Although the bag does not inflate, oxygen is flowing to the mask. 
And if you are traveling with a child or someone who requires assistance, secure your mask first and then assist the other person. Now that's the point. Bless me, Lord. Secure yourself. Your lifeline is to God so that you might be able to help somebody else. That's what this bless me prayer is about. Oh, that you would greatly bless me. It's the lifeline. We come to God. You don't have anything in. You're empty in yourself. And, but though you come to God, you can go forth and bless other people. We put everything into the hands of God. Some think it, it is to take everything out of the hands of God. Sometimes people have said, well, he's just, or, or they've lived this way, he's just a Santa Claus. He's come, we come to him just to get stuff or just to, Lord, help me feel good. Lord, and that's not the point, is it? It is surrender. Bless me. And Paul said in this verse, and he did help us and saved us so use your pain, your suffering, to draw you closer to God so that you might touch somebody else. And pain does have, have a way of drawing us closer to God, doesn't it? It really does. Some of you know all about that. Some of you have experienced tremendous pain. It might be sickness. It might be a wayward uh, child. It might be a number of things. Tragedy in your family, loss, grief comes, and you have a lot of pain. But as Pastor Brent mentioned next, uh, last week, don't fake it. Open up your heart. Don't fake it and say, well, yeah, I'm good. Open up your heart to God and to others who are safe and unload your sorrow, your sadness, and tell him how you feel. Here's another scripture that Paul wrote, 2 Corinthians 7, 11 to 12 says, distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation. You know, we don't only need to hear the gospel and the good news once. We need to hear it all the way through our lives to get us back in the way of salvation. Not that we're, we're, we're not in salvation, but we need to get back into that way sometimes because of the distractions of the world. Paul goes on to say, we never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets and end up on deathbeds of regrets. If any of you are there now, you need to come back to him. Some of you know that you had been, you've been there. You were on the deathbed of regrets and Jesus welcomed you back with open arms. Paul goes on saying, now isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer to God? You know what goaded means? Isn't it great God uses goads to get us back to himself? Go, that's a thing you, 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 you poke an animal with. And we need that poke sometimes, don't we? We really do. He goes on to say, you're more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible. Looked at from any angle, you've come out of this with purity of heart. Because God goaded you closer to him. That's what pain does. That's what heartbreak does sometimes. 
That's what it does. It goads us. It gives us a kick that we need. This is what Jabez said. Oh, that you would greatly bless me. And then the second part, and enlarge my borders. Jabez asked God to push out the borders of his lands by defeating his enemies. He asked God to defeat the Canaanites, expelling them from the land. Jabez was praying in the will of God because he was praying that promise that had been given to Moses and to Joshua earlier. So, what are your borders? What is your territory? You don't have to go out and conquer your neighbor now, you know. Let's move the fence line over. I'm taking some of your land. That's not what we're talking about here. Let me tell you, uh, give you one really uh, well-known quote, I think, by John Maxwell. It says, leadership is not about titles, positions, or flowcharts. It's about one life influencing another. This is probably the most uh, memorable and most important quote other than Bible verses that touched my life. And we're going to get to something here. I didn't hear it at a leadership conference, although I've been to leadership conferences. We had huge leadership conferences here in our church over the years. I didn't hear it from a leadership guru. Guru? That's it. Didn't. Although I did hear it from a great leader. I heard it from a man named Wally. He's the director at the time of a mission that myself and my family went on, Youth with a Mission, a mission called Gleanings for the Hungry in Central California. That was uh, in the midlife. I know I don't look that much over midlife, but it was in the midlife of my life, right? Uh, I was almost 40. And... uh, so almost, almost 30 years ago. <laughs> but here, here it was. Had left the ministry after being involved in like formal ministry, pastoring churches for youth pastor and such things after 12 years. And here I was down in California and, you know, working on this mission, packing fruit to send to millions of pounds of it over to less fortunate people in other parts of the world. And, you know, he, took, he sat me down and he said this, you know, and he you know, knew I'd been a pastor and he knew that, you know, maybe I was kind of missing that and kind of wondering. And, and here I was in the mid, mid-life. I came back and we celebrated my 40th birthday and my, my, my wife gave me 40 black balloons. But this, this was two or three years earlier. Get this straight now. And he says this to me. Leadership is not about titles. It's about influence. Jabez had no title. 
He was an honorable man, but he had no position that we know of. He wasn't a king, he wasn't a priest, he wasn't a pastor, he wasn't an apostle. He had no position. He had the title, I guess, that he will cause pain. Here's the point, I guess, and this is the point. Do you know that God can use our pain, sorrows, and suffering to enlarge our territory of our hearts so that we push out, in a sense, our own heart our, and our mind and our soul and our spirit, our emotional under, and our understanding, and we enlarge our heart, growing in Christ, so that we might be able to have the fullness of God and share it with others. That's our territory that we need pushed out in our hearts so we might push out our territory outside, our influence outside, that we might be able to share with others and help others in many, many ways. And remember, when you have a purpose, you can take all sorts of pain. But this is how he pushes out our hearts and develops us. He gives us the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians 5, and 23. It talks about it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's the character of Jesus in us. The character of Jesus in us can't help but touch others because God is generous. We can, we can be generous and help others. Now, here's one. Let's take patience. We'll just take the one. How many of you have ever prayed for patience? I know a number of you have paid. i prayed for patience. What happens when you pray for patience? You get tested. Trouble comes, right? You, pay, you pray for patience about, well, Lord, I need more patience raising my children. That is a dangerous prayer. It really is. But it's a prayer, moms and dads, you got you to gotta pray and you got to take on. You just got to. There's a lot at stake there. And you just got to do that. I'm not saying never pray for patience. I'm saying pray for patience with this hope and, 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 the, and the idea that, well, this isn't going to last forever. They are going to become teenagers. and Oh, no. Uh, they are going to be grown up. And someday I am going to be bouncing their little babies and their kids are going to come over and they're going to get full of sugar and I'm going to be able to send them home not worrying about patience or anything like it. Right? The, the development of the character of Jesus in us sometimes brings us pain because it takes the selfishness out of us. See, God grows the ter territory of our hearts that we might expand our territory around us, our territory of influence. What's your territory of influence? Think about that right now. Who's somebody... Think about somebody that's on your heart that you might want to influence. Maybe there's somebody that 
that needs some help. Maybe there's somebody on your street that has a lot of pain. Maybe they've lost somebody. Maybe something tragic has happened in their family. Maybe they're just lonely. There's a lot of lonely people out there. Where will you use your pain to help others? It starts at home. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 10. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Trouble? You got trouble? It's so that the life of Jesus might be seen in you. Being a leader is not about position. It's about influence. You say, well, I'm not a leader. You are a leader. You're a leader if you're living and you're breathing. You're a leader, first of all, of yourself. Everyone in this room is a leader of themselves and an influence for Jesus. If you're married, you're a leader of your family. If you're a mom, you're a leader of your children. If you're a dad, you're a leader of your children. If you're a business owner, if you're an employer, if you're an employee, whatever you are, you have a certain amount of influence and you are some type of leader. Paul says in Philippians 1, 11 to 12, he says, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Interesting, the fruit of your salvation. Get saved, become a Christian. The righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. Well, what's that? That's the fruit of the Spirit. You can't produce a, a good character yourself. You know, oh, well, you know, if I just kind of wear the right clothes. You know, make sure I check the mirror before I go out. Um, you know, maybe take a few courses in being kind of intelligible and being nice and how to win people over. No, no, no. The righteous character, your right character is produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For, th for this will bring glory and praise to God. That's the first reason, to bring glory and praise to God and then to help others. And then he says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me ha here has helped to spread the good news. See, if there's a purpose, you can stand the, uh, you can stand the trial. You can stand the testing. You can stand the hurt. God lets us go through pain, pain so that it will help others, that they might find the hope of Jesus Christ. You think there's a lot of hope in this world today? What we've come through in the last 16 months, 16 months, I mean, there was not a lot of hope before, but it put a wet blanket over everything, and now we're rejoicing. It's summertime, and you know, the restrictions, it's great to have everybody kind of sitting in here close and shaking hands and singing, and there's all that great stuff. We can come to church, you know? But... Out there, there's not a whole lot of hope. There's hope based on kind of today. Uh, we're open now, you know. We can get our stuff now. We can visit our family now. But we need to bring hope to people. And our prayer is enlarge my heart 
more of you, God. I give up myself that you might use me in my pain to help others. Third part of Jabez's prayer says, oh, that you would, uh, so here they are, let me, let me review it first. Oh, that you would greatly bless me and enlarge my territory and that your hand might be with me. Jabez was simply praying God in every moment of his day, power of God's hand up to protect him, to lead him in the right direction, that your hand might be with me. In using your pain to help others, never forget that God's work is always done in God's power and by his hand. Jabez asked for the foreseeing care and guidance of God to be with him. Would you go before me, Lord? Paul prays a similar prayer about the, uh, about the foreseeing care of God. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-5. What a great scripture this is. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in, well, you can't circle, you don't have notes, but circle in your Bible or remember it, remember really strong in your head, who comforts us in all our affliction, all. It's that little word, three letters, but it's all. It's a big word with three letters, all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with what? With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He knows what your troubles are. He knows what your sorrows, what your problems, what those things that bring you pain. But we're reminded here in this scripture that he's God and Father of Jesus Christ and he saw his very own son on the cross suffering in pain for the whole world's sin. So when we talk about our, all, our, all our affliction, my problem is not too big for God. Or I'm not too bad for God. Or... You know, I've been down this road so many times with this failure that I can't bring it to him anymore. He's done with me. That's so untrue if you're telling yourself that if you're, or if you're, your mind's kind of playing games with you and telling you that's so far from the, from the truth. That's such a big lie. It says, who comforts, comforts us in whose affliction? Our affliction. God loves you no matter, and you matter to him. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story here, but it, it, it's, it, it comes home to me. When my son was a little guy, about five, he got his first stitches. <laughs> he got his first stitches very similar to the way I got my first stitches, uh, by banging his chin. Only I think he tipped off of a bike or a wagon or something. And took him, had to take him to the doctor. And uh, you know what's the worst thing about getting stitches? 
It's the freezing. It's that needle. How many here love needles? I don't love them. I can stand them. I really can. I've had enough. But here's a story. A doctor had, had to give a painful shot to a four-year-old girl. And when she saw the doctor bring out the needle, it was like, like her face showed anxiety and she tensed right up. And this, this, this needle, it was large enough to use on an elephant, she thought, right? They do seem big, don't they? Um, and she looked at her dad. This is what her dad did. He took her hand and he fixed his eyes right on her. With an expression of confidence and calmness, he looked in her face. And he saw her face change to exactly that, to confidence and to calmness herself. She knew she was not alone. She found comfort not in what her father said, for he said nothing, but in his presence with her in her time of trial. He comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with, with which we ourselves are comforted. Jabez prayed that your hand may be with me. He was praying about God's presence. He was praying about having God's power and his presence with him. And you need to know this morning that God's comforting hand is with you. You know the seriousness of the things that are going on in your life. You know the trouble that you're having inside right now. You know the problems that you are facing tomorrow, the next day. Or you know uh, about those uh, horrible stories of the past that come up, maybe in your dreams, or you can't forgive yourself for this, or you can't forgive yourself for that. He's there to comfort you. He's there to increase your joy, to crank up your joy like those guys on the screen, right? And for you to walk out of this discouragement and then share that joy by helping others in their pain. When we pray and ask for more than just, you know, just then the, the blessings and the stuff and the goods and whatever it is, uh, God's hand will powerfully come to us and lead us through the troubles, the trials, the problems that come our way. That our stories can be a picture to others of the mercy and the grace of God. So, oh, that you would greatly bless me and enlarge my borders and that your hand might be with me. And then the fourth one, and keep me from harm so that it would not hurt me. He asked for God's protection. You know, there is more in Jabez's prayer than just asking for, for comfort and not getting hurt, though. His own mother named him Jabez because of the pain she had during his birth. We've, we've learned that today. But Jabez prayed for God to release him and protect him from the evil that had 
come seemingly upon him because of the meaning of his name or that would bring terror to his heart because he was still Jabez. He didn't change his name. He didn't go down to the, to the, you know, the office and say, I'm going to change my name to, uh, I don't know, Bob. <laughs> he asked God to break the power that the meaning of his name had over him and he let and then he lets go of the shame it brought him. That's what this prayer is about. Keep me from harm so that it would not hurt me. You know, we have a program here called Celebrate Recovery uh, where uh, we have 12 steps, eight principles. Uh, Every Monday night we gather here and we have the 12 steps and the eight principles of recovery where we talk about our hurts our habits, and our hang-ups. I think those three there, I don't think there's anything that can escape those three. I think everything comes into those, into those three. What we, we do, we admit our weaknesses, and God gives us his strength. We don't recover on our willpower, but on surrender of our will to his power. And that's called powerlessness. Powerlessness is not just, you know, sitting in a corner and never moving. It's actually an act that we can be actually truly powerless when we give our wills over to the power of Christ. When we consciously choose to commit all our life and our will over to Christ's care and control, one of the steps in the program says. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 5, great verse. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul the Apostle used his pain to help others. In, uh, to help others all around him. To help others in, look, he wrote, 14 books in the Bible that give instruction and help and prayers and all sorts of things that we can, we can read and meditate and trust and get the promises from. He, you know, helped others in being a pillar in the early church, starting the early church that has survived till today. The message of the gospel going forward, the message of the good news that has touched our hearts and changed our lives. Paul the Apostle, this didn't come out of just some some kind of good writing that he did. He was a great writer like Shakespeare or something. This came out of the pain and the hurt, but yet he endured it so that he might write 14 chapters in the Bible, two-thirds of the New Testament, and be a witness and start churches and eventually be martyred for the message. 
I'm going to invite the band to come to the stage as we close this up here. The last part, it says, and God brought about what he requested. Now, he didn't bring about what, God didn't bring about what Jabez uh, asked for because he prayed a certain formula. Uh, it wasn't that God somehow manipulated, uh, or the, sorry, that Jabez somehow manipulated God, but only because of God's mercy, his love. He chose to be honored through the answer, through answering Jabez's prayer. Isn't that something? God loves to answer our prayers and sometimes we kneel down or we sit on the side of our bed or wherever it is and we kind of feebly, God, would you do this? Would you help me with this? When God is pleased, he's honored to answer our prayers for the sake of his kingdom and he loves you and he wants you to be well and live in health even though, in spite of your circumstances. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 8, 12, 8, 2. Though they have been going through much trouble or pain and hard times, pain, they have mixed their wonderful joy with their deep poverty. Mixed their wonderful joy with their deep poverty. That's quite unfamiliar to us here in the West, isn't it? Mixed their wonderful joy with their deep poverty. And the result has been an overflowing of giving to others. Use our pain to help others. And the joy of the Lord will be our strength. There's that old quote, you maybe heard it, God whispers to us in our happiness, but he shouts to us in our pain. Jesus Christ is the great pain taker. He says, come to me all you who are weary and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. I want to pray this morning so let's bow our heads. Jesus suffered on the cross and died for our sins. He did that to be our Savior. And you may be here this morning and you've heard these words. Maybe you feel hopeless. But you are not without hope because Jesus asks you to come to him. And right in this moment here, you may, you may pray with me these words, I come to you, Jesus. I ask you to forgive my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross to set me free. I ask you to come into my life. You know my pain. You know my hurts. You know my troubles. I ask you, Lord, that I might bring them to you. I turn from my sin. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. I receive you, Jesus, 
into my heart right now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, get in touch with us. You have a card in the bulletin. You can call the office. You can call any of us pastors here at the church. We want to help you on your next steps if you've prayed that prayer. Now let's pray again, Christian. As I've said, people can endure a great deal of pain and suffering if they believe there is a purpose in it. And you know, Christian, there's a purpose for your life. And Lord, we just pray right now for all the many people here and those watching online. Lord, help us with our purpose. Because sometimes we forget it in the real roar of the days, in the passing of the days so swiftly and all the things that come into our days. We forget our purpose and we fall aside from it. And our lives become dull and empty. And Lord, we ask you to reignite our purpose in our hearts that we might come to you first, Lord, that we might say, bless me, O Lord, enlarge my territory, that your hand might be with me, that you would protect me. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in any affliction, that we might comfort others in any of their affliction. Lord, this can't be left up to the professionals. Lord, you have armed your church with all of the stuff to go out and share the good news in word of mouth and in deed of hands, of our hands. So help us, Lord, this week. Maybe there's someone on your heart right now. Someone you maybe even need to take a, make a phone call this afternoon to. Lord, help us in your power and your strength to carry the message of hope to others, to use our pain to help others. And we know that our joy will increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com. Dot com.